Welcome to another edition of BYOB. I am Nola Nash, and this is Laura Kemp, and this is Charlene Harris. <laughs> we are so excited to have Charlene join us today, and I had the opportunity of talking to Charlene on Dead Folks Tales, which is another Authors on the Air podcast. We had a great time, and I know she's been super busy with the launch of her newest book, and we're going to talk about that here in just a minute, but I had such a good time with Charlene, and I really wanted Laura Kemp, who is a huge True Blood fan, to be able oh. to meet woman who created that series so laura and charlene it is truly my pleasure to introduce you to each other and thank you for that yeah so laura was super jealous <laughs> she's like oh, you gotta talk to charlene and i'm sick laura how you I got sick. yeah i was hoping that it would work out so thanks for being flexible with your schedule oh, sure no problem well, we love you, Charlene. And I want to talk for just a second about your new book that you've got out. And we talked about this book before. This is book four in the Gunny Rose series. Yep. Correct. And there's a twist to this one. The first three books focus on Gunny Rose. And right. it's kind of her story. But this one, you decided to do something a little different, very brave, stepping out of the unusual box. And tell folks what you did to kind of shake things up here. I focused instead of Gunny, who does appear in the books at a distance, uh, I wanted to tell the story of her half-sister, Felicia, uh, because Felicia was just really interesting, and I really wanted to see if I could write like a 15-year-old again. You know, you have to get into the persona of yes. your protagonist, and it's been a very long time since I was 15. <laughs> a 15-year-old. Uh, yeah, yeah. How did you do? Did Gosh, you it was horribly uh, easy <laughs> to remember how awful 15 was. Yeah, this was that like freshman year or something like that, sophomore yeah. year in high school. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, I, that's a, those are years I don't know that I would want to consciously put myself back in. You know, it's like you run away from this. <laughs> yeah, not my favorite no, time. I was really awkward and weird and bad decision making. <laughs> don't want to do that again. <laughs> not good. I know, not and good. I have 15 year olds in the house right now, so I'm front and center to it. So My sense is with you. Oh, thank you. Yes. I mean, oh. I raised three myself, so, uh -huh. you know, that was a challenge. Yeah. I was teaching my 16-year-old how to drive for the very first time this weekend. So first time behind the wheel of a car in a parking lot, you know, doing that really nauseating thing of driving around in circles now. Oh, oh yeah. Turn oh, my gosh. It was a it's an interesting and nauseating weekend with my 16-year-old. <laughs> that's for sure. It, it's a it's a rough time. So putting yourself back in that, not only is that taking a risk as an, as an author, but, you know, personally putting yourself back in that. That's that's not something everybody wants to do. And yet you you took that on because you felt like that was the right thing to do for this series. And yeah. what an interesting thing to do as an author. I never would have thought about that. Laura, is that I mean, would you have thought of changing your your focus of a series like three, four books in? Well, I in my second book, I did some different points of view. I switched it from the protagonist to a secondary character. But the protagonist was still the protagonist, so it wasn't a major shift like that. So that is, that is interesting. So. The in the when I wrote the Suki series, the last book has several points of view, mm -hmm. as opposed to all the rest of the book, 
which is only Sookie's point of view. And people said, therefore, that I had not written the last book. Oh. I don't know who was supposed to have written it or why I would let someone else write a book in my series. But that was the big rumor that I had not written the book. And I thought, you know, surely oh. as a writer, I can I can shake things up a little bit without people yeah. saying it's not me. It's okay. I mean, it is your prerogative, that. right? Yeah. It's kind the of story could only be told if I did that. So. Was it kind of refreshing to jump to the different characters' point of view? Did it open the narrative up a little bit to you? Well, it sure made it easier to explain things. <laughs> First person so hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because all this stuff happens outside of of their kin, and yeah. you have to you have to find a way for her to explain that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just thought, oh, let's just get somebody else to tell you all about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which I mean. I didn't realize I was starting off conspiracy theories. <laughs> now, you know, you've made it as an author when there are conspiracy theories about your work. I haven't, I haven't reached that echelon yet. So. <laughs> I'm going to have to do something daring like Charlene Harris. <laughs> so I can be help with the first person if, if they're telepathic too, right? <laughs> that mm. helps sometimes. Yeah, you have to explain <laughs> then why there are things she doesn't know. Exactly. Know exactly not know that. Yeah. Exactly. But what a great way to, to wrap up a series though, especially, you know, mm -hmm. something like that where there's so many moving pieces that need to kind of come together at the end. Rather than saying that you you didn't write that, I would have said, you know, what an excellent way for that author yeah, to bring. It is a great way to end if up. only people had said that instead of saying, "I hope you die," and I burned your book, and oh, I thought, no. "Well, as long as you paid for the book first, okay." Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Go ahead and burn it. You already paid for yeah, it. Maybe I don't want to be conspiracy theory percent after all. I don't know that I could be nice about that. People can be so mean, can't they? They really, well, if they're behind uh, the curtain of yeah. the internet, yes. Mm -hmm. Not face to face. No. Oh, they would have yeah. been so far, so far. I just love your books. I love everything, mm -hmm. even how you ended that series. Yeah, they they get a little brave right. behind. behind. As know, long just, as they're not face to face with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is interesting when you read thing. reviews and things like that and things people post. You're like, as long as you're hiding mm -hmm. behind that little avatar that I'm pretty sure doesn't even look like you anymore. <laughs> I <laughs> need to give my life. avatar gray hair now instead of red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you've had a friend join us back there. Oh, yeah. Colt is so old. He's oh. so old. Oh, no, he got a nice comfy spot by the fire. It looks yeah, like. we try to make him happy. He can't <laughs> see very well anymore. He's so to find yeah. Dudley. Dudley was in here a minute ago, but he's not in here now. He's Does he stay close to you while you're writing? Is he your writing companion? Yeah, he, he's my writing buddy. Uh, Abigail comes in sometimes, but she's more, she's busier than Colt is. Cult mm -hmm. is pretty much like me. You put him somewhere and there he sits. <laughs> is Abigail a puppy? Uh, no, but she's younger than Colt. <laughs> but, I mean, Dirt is younger than Colt. He's, he's pretty old. He's like, Mommy, you're talking oh about me. Poor Colt. Bless your heart, little friend. Yeah, he's, um, he's, we think he's 14. Oh, my goodness. Which is a you know pretty good age for a dog. 
Yeah, yes. getting up there, but what a loyal writing companion. You gotta love that. I, I think yes. so many authors have their writing buddy. We all have furry writing buddies that you know they bring us a sense of calm and you know they can stay put, so can we kind of a thing. Yeah, I just stand at the door and want out constantly as soon as I start writing. Well, see, we got a pet door. And he's because uh, I just yeah, couldn't. I need one of them. Oh, yeah. It really changed my life, Laura, I can tell you, getting the pet door. But that's the flap, flap noise you hear from well, time. And I think I have a golden retriever, so I think he wants me out with him. Like, it's not okay to just go out. He wants me with him, playing with him, <laughs> adoring him. So when he goes adoring out, I think just look at me and want back in. And then, come on, Mom. So I don't know. Is mine a writing companion or is he a writing uh, foil? I don't know. He's my well, you're supposed to get up and down at least twice an hour. So he's a health benefit. That's true. Very away from deep vein thrombosis. Yes. <laughs> well, I always hear about how the dogs kind of curl up at your feet and just lay there. And I'm like, oh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> like he sees me come down the steps and he comes down and then. He's huge, and he has this paw, and he hits the window, and he wants out and in and out and in, and I have to lock him out. So he's not around right now, thank goodness. But anyway, I digress. Dudley likes to fall asleep, and but he likes to he'll scoot and he'll rearrange and scoot and rearrange. Like if I'm sitting on the couch writing, if I'm sitting at my desk or you know somewhere, he's a little bit better. But he'll scoot and scoot and scoot until his rear end is like between me and the keyboard, and then it's like I don't know how to type <laughs> over your butt. I'm so, not supposed to write. You're just supposed I'm not to supposed to write at that point. If you give up, you bail out. That's all you can do. But at least he's not as bad as when he's with my mom and she's trying to do something. She has an iPad, but she's got the, the keyboard and everything, the, you know, the pro or whatever it is. And he'll come up, he'll try to sit on her keyboard and she'll shoo him away. And then he goes around to the other side of her screen and she'll see just that his little claws come over and this one paw starts to ease the <laughs> iPad close. He's like, not today. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. He just decided we when we're done. That, we? <laughs> Our animal friends. Mm -hmm. I Charlene, think there should be a whole thing about authors and their 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 fuzzy buddies. Charlene, you're so um prolific too. I was reading. Is this what book number is this for? Is this forty? Oh, it's in the forties. But you know, I'm old. So I, you know, if you just write one book a year, if you get old, you're going to have a lot of books. <laughs> One book a year, though, that's that's a lot. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I have a hard time getting one down in that that amount of time. I mean, I, the last too. one I wrote, I did in about six to eight months. But that was a huge difference for me. I mean, I, I write a lot. I have several books out. But at the same time, I don't know that I could really stay on that grind. I'm impressed that, that anybody do can you do that. write one book a year? Is that kind of your schedule? For you? Well, for a while, I wrote two books a year oh. uh, for about four years. And then I thought, am I having fun? No, I am not having fun. <laughs> so uh, now I write about one book and one short story a year. I love that. And then the short stories, again, something I'm not yeah. good at. I, I know my place. <laughs> I'm I, not good at my, short stories. Two of my good friends are award-winning short story writers. So, yeah. you know, that raises the bar. And you're thinking, can I ever write a short story as good as they do? And the answer so far is no. But I'm still trying. <laughs> There's something satisfying about short stories, I think, because I've written some short stories, too, where it's all just so condensed. Yeah. It doesn't just, you can just finish the darn thing 
you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, if you know what you're doing, it's it's hard to it's really it's hard to write a short story. Mm-hmm. I love to teach short stories though. When I was when I was in the classroom, I'm not working with students anymore. I work with the teachers now, but when I was teaching English, I loved the short stories that we would do. I did a whole basically a whole quarter on short stories, but I was pulling classics. And so, you know, that really raises the bar. It's like, I cannot do Oh Henry. I'm not that funny. I'm not that witty. I'm not, you know, that ironic. <laughs> I can't do Oh Henry. Yeah. And then we taught, you know, taught Poe. Like, oh my gosh, you know, this is the master. You know, I loved Edgar Allan Poe. And it's I think I, I intimidated myself out of even trying <laughs> because I spent so much try. time studying the greats. And I was like, oh, I just, mm-hmm. there's no way I'd live up to that. And so it's that, mm, can't do it. So I didn't. But maybe one day I'll, I'll well, branch. Short story like Nolan Ash. Not I know. Shirley Jackson is, Shirley Jackson is the best short story writer I know. Oh, yeah. Just masterpieces masterpieces mm-hmm. it's finding yeah. that moment i always feel like you know that's really something that short story authors do really well is they find that moment i mean with a novel you know it's it's more of like that epic journey i mean it's this big thing that you're coming you know into but kind of like poetry short story is finding yeah. that moment and focusing on that as opposed to kind of the extraneous around right. the buildup, right. it's diving into that. And I think that's what makes them so much fun to read mm-hmm. is that you're just all of a sudden you're in that moment and, you know, it just kind of grabbed you and pulled you in if it's done well. And I think yes. that's the part that I miss. <laughs> I'm not real great at yet. <laughs> it's finding the moment, first of all. <laughs> and then, you know, not feeling like I need to build up to it is, is understanding how to write around that moment where you're, you don't need that subtext, that, you know, that subplot and everything else going on around it. I'm not great at that. How do you, how do you distill, I mean, coming from novels, how do you distill down to a short story when, you know, you've got 40 some odd novels like in your belt too. Yeah. You have yeah. to, you have to get the action moment. Mm-hmm. The, the moment of discovery. Uh, you have to, you do have to get that moment and then build a story around that moment. Is it tempting though? I mean, have you had to like weed one way down? Like all of a sudden you realize you're 30 pages in and this isn't a short story anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really a brief writer. Even my novels, I think should be, they, about are quick. 20, they, yeah, they should be 25 pages longer, but honestly I say what I have to say and then I quit pretty much. <laughs> I like that. I like that strategy. I say, have I you say, have you ever fiction. tried writing like um, flash fiction, even or micro fiction? They're no, really I never have. Stuff. I wrote. I've written graphic novels, uh-huh. but I haven't ever written any of the the newer forms of fiction that are. And that seems quite challenging to me. Boy, mm-hmm. I've tried, and it's tough. I've entered some kind because I'm I'm just challenged by it. It's such a challenge. I think wouldn't it be because in- you have the moment, and then it's almost like you just have a snapshot when you have like my garage so it's kind of flash fiction like 500 words yeah yeah. and then i think micro fiction is even shorter i think it's closer to 250 words you know it's it's a challenge so yeah poetry you know it's pulling it down to poetry that that really intense micro moment you know we're talking about finding Mm -hmm. that that action moment and then Coming down to something even tighter. Gosh, I, I really am in awe of people who can do that. I'm in awe of poets. Oh, me too. I cannot write poetry. I am in awe of people who can write those really short fictions. It's you think, 
you know, the misconception is the fewer words, the easier it is to write. Kind of like children's books. It's 32 no, pages. No. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. but oh my you can't God. Hide in a short story. No. You can't hide uh -uh. the holes or the, the inconsistencies. It's so glaring. Uh, the mechanics of, of how the story progresses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all on display in a short story, I think, more so than a novel. And getting mm -hmm. your reader to buy into your characters. I mean, as much as we spend a novel developing these characters, all the, you know, the changes that they go through and just because of all the things that are going on with them, you've got to really, really funnel that down into just a few words, but you still, you still have that responsibility as an author to get your readers invested in those characters because otherwise that moment is wasted on that, that reader and you don't want that to happen. And to me, that seems like one of the biggest challenges of all is, is getting that character developed in that very short format. Do you consider yourself? I mean, you probably of the two types of stories, you you prefer novels. I assume you you don't. Consider oh yeah, yourself. <laughs> novels are way easier than <laughs> stories. <laughs> they, they really are. I, I do want to be a better short story writer. I'm writing a short story now, and it's it's just taking me forever. Uh, I'm just so slow. I had COVID twice, oh, and goodness. it really fogged me up. So I'm writing is su such a slow process for me now. I'm lucky I can do it again, though. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Now, Charlene, as this has this book has launched, this is the Serpent in Heaven. Once again, yep. let's, let's let's we got to show this gorgeous book. First of all, the, the cover is super cool. The cover is great. I mean, you don't see books this color. I mean, I, I know it's maybe not showing up as bright on the video, but this is a gorgeous color. I mean, it is this beautiful green. It's almost a, it's almost a mint green, but it's not a mint green. I don't even know what yeah. color this is, but it's gorgeous. We worked really hard on getting the right look for those books. It <laughs> took us a couple of covers and then uh, I think we've gotten there now. Did you get to have say in the cover? Were you involved? You in betcha. Stuff? You betcha. Uh, age has its prerogatives. <laughs> age and superstardom has its prerogative a little bit. Let, let's let's get real here, Charlene. <laughs> Some of it has to do with your Charlene Harris. Let's be real. <laughs> you know, I'll I'll do I'll pull that string if I have to. <laughs> When Was it, it comes to think that maybe you're famous, do you, do you ever have that moment where you stop and think, I'm kind of famous? Yeah, every now and then, but you know, mostly I just live here with my husband and I live a pretty quiet life and mm -hmm. I just don't think of myself till I have to put on my Charlene Harris hat uh, uh -huh. to do interviews or to do a signing or to, uh, work on something with my agent who is the same agent I've had my whole writing career. Oh, that's a great nice. relationship you must have by this. We do. Time. I mean, we have a great relationship. All of that. I trust him. Absolutely. That is incredible. Not everybody has that. I mean, there are a lot of fantastic agents out there. Don't get me wrong, but finding the right one, somebody who's going to be there with you for the long haul. I mean, what a blessing that is to have somebody on your side like that. It really is a blessing. 
That is amazing. Well, Charlene, speaking of your agent and, and you and all the, you know, putting on your Charlene Harris hat, you've been really busy since the last time that I talked to you. I know that you, you got to talk to some other friends of mine. You got to talk to Jennifer and Allison over uh -huh. on Vox Vomitus. And those are lovely ladies. They're always fun to hang out with them. I've gotten to be a guest on their show as well. And they are super fun. But what other things have you been able to do kind of getting, getting this book out? Well, I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of people. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't travel for this book at all. That was my own inclination. And it was also the way my publisher felt. Because even though I love meeting the people who actually read my books, mm -hmm. I really don't care for travel like I used to. And honestly, I feel like if you don't know who I am by now, <laughs> how dare you right <laughs> well no it's just like what's the point i've been around 40 years and if, i'll keep uh, coming back to that don't if, if it yeah if it hadn't <laughs> soaked into you by now yeah um, well i agree i think everybody should know who you are by now and this you know this yeah. kind of thing it should be plenty <laughs> for them if they don't know who you are, somebody go back to HBO, turn on True Blood for a while, <laughs> and then go pick up all the books. You're going to go, oh, yeah, yeah. Nope. Got to read those. <laughs> well, and that's Charlie, the desired result. That. I mean, we, we talked about your experience with True yeah. Blood and the fact that what was interesting to me, and you know, I told Laura a, a little bit of this, and, and I guess, you know, kind of since she's the fan, I want to give her a few moments of True Blood, too. And you told me something interesting about that. In that you really didn't have a whole lot of control over the series. You you pretty much signed over the characters and yeah. kind of and from then on, you kind of had to sit back and what was that really? What was that like? Yeah, to do that, that? It it was a learning curve. Uh, now that I've had three series, I'm used to it, mm -hmm. and I don't expect more. But with True Blood, I really didn't know what to expect. And some of what I found out was wonderful. And some of it, of course, was, you know, you not know. as great. Mm -hmm. But you have to go through that that learning process until you understand what could happen and what definitely will not happen. Uh, and then you've got, you go into it with your eyes open. Have that the progressive series, have you had more control over the progress, progressive series that you've signed? Or is it all the same? It's all, all the same. Okay. You sign over the rights to the characters, and from then on, uh, the producers of that series have the rights to those characters. So like when we watch, like, I mean, yeah, it's like my baby. That's my the baby. way it works. You have to <laughs> hand over your baby to other people to take care of and dress and change mm -hmm. and all that stuff uh, and it's it's kind of wrenching but it's also exciting to see how what it looks through their eyes mm -hmm. it's always interesting to see what comes out uh, and that. most of all it almost always increases the sales of your books which is yeah. a big thing yeah. yes. <laughs> that is true and then you know if you think about it so many times you go you know if you think about a, a book series becoming a tv series or something like that then it is interesting to go back and read the books to see where they're different i think as a reader for me it doesn't diminish 
the books by having wow. them made into a series where they've done something different. If anything, it makes me want to kind of go dig in yeah. and say, okay, so yeah. what did the author really do with this? You're not reading. It's not like reading the same book twice, I guess. It's, it is totally kind of so, so, so different. different. The book and the series are two completely different things. I try to separate that when things are different that way. Oh yeah. They, yeah. For one thing, you always see the characters in your head. Mm -hmm. as a yeah. particular way and then when you see them on the screen they look different and that throws a writer off a I lot that's so a true blood with cats were you like oh my gosh yeah i was going oh oh okay all right <laughs> i know i'm not sure anna paquin was suki right it wasn't quite the way that well I but I think she did a great she job. Did, she did, but, but at first it wasn't. She was like, right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She got tired of dyeing her hair blonde too. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I thought she she was she's such a good actress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, Alan really cast the best actors for the role rather than the yeah. people who looked most like the book descriptions for the role. Mm -hmm. Now, you've got, speaking of things that are vastly different, we go from True Blood and Midnight Texas to Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries, which are so different. Well, they're not I as different it. as Hallmark is from, from uh, HBO, I can tell you that. <laughs> so different, so vastly different. But is that part of the privilege of being Charlene Harris is that you can say, you know, I'm going to do something out here and it take off because it's like, it's, you can do whatever you, you have your readership now. already established. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really, I've really been lucky that way. Uh, when I started the, the Sookie series, my publisher thought possibly I should use a different name for that. And because it's so different. And I, mm -hmm. but I thought, no, maybe all 10 of the people who read the Aurora books will come with me to the to these books. And uh, that at least eight of them did. So. <laughs> Three of them did. We have to have a sense of humor, don't we, as writers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we have to. We have to. It's a pretty bizarre job, isn't it? It is. It is. It's so weird. I mean, we basically invent people and tell them what to say and do. <laughs> it's like playing doll, dolls all day, really, in a lot yeah, of ways. It really is. And I, I love that that you have the Aurora Tea Garden mysteries as well. And they have become something. I mean, there is a loyal following to those through Hallmark. I, I mean, it really is. Yeah, and then to have you know our yeah. childhood friend from Full House <laughs> playing Aurora Tea Garden. I mean, you, you've got you've got Candace Cameron doing that, and it's like, oh my gosh, she's like all grown up and doing her thing. And she has a fun. huge following. She does. Yeah, she has following. She has she a niche does. for sure, and yeah. she is great as Aurora Tea Garden too. I mean, she really does a good job. It's kind of like. You know, again, you don't know who who was in your head when you said, "Okay, this is going to get to be cast." If that was somebody that you'd even considered, but no. it is interesting to watch them become that that character and kind of take hold of that series. It was, and I've got to say, the producer and director of the movies was just is just the greatest guy. Oh, that's you nice. know, I'm a, I was always welcome to come to the set if I wanted to. My husband and I were in one of the movies. And uh, oh, were you? Oh, yeah, we were. We were. We're at a meeting of the True Blood 
the, the um, Real Murders Club. <laughs> How fun was that? It, it was fun. My husband would never be in True Blood, though. I was in there twice, and all my kids were in there, too. Oh, that's neat. All right, yeah. so now we've got to all watch it all over again, I know, and we're going to go back, oh, and we're going to start finding the Easter eggs, and we'll start looking yeah, really. kids were in True Blood. My daughter-in-law was eight months pregnant when she was in it, so they put her at a high bar table, Oh, uh, so so her stomach was really. visible, and I thought, well, good, thank you, because <laughs> why would she be in a bar when she's in like, Yeah, yeah right? that is, going no, on? no bueno. What is that? The Sweet Home Alabama line. You're in a ba in a bar with a baby, <laughs> or you have a baby in a baby bar. Oh, you got a baby in a bar. Yeah, I had a friend who actually did that. Um, she had a baby, and we she directed a show, and we went out afterwards to a bar to the cast party, and she just put the baby seat. Right on the bar table, and everybody said, "You have a baby at the bar," and it was must have been from that movie. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines from that whole show. It does have another spoon. Movies end up in bars. Baby, bar. <laughs> oh, look at your little friends. They're just—you've got your your company back there again. Yeah, oh. he's back. He's back. Dudley came through and shook earlier. You probably hear his tags, and then he's off again. He's he's not being very sensitive. I had a human come down my staircase. I don't know which human it was from my household. So, but they went quickly behind the tree. <laughs> I think we all have other humans living in our houses. Exactly, that's really okay. Occasionally, they show themselves. So, yeah, my <laughs> other humans are are. So they're, they're 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 ghostly humans. <laughs> I'm a little spirits that mess with things in my house. It's usually just ooh. me and Dudley. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, a little little Sarah has she will she will haunt my electronics. It's kind of fun <laughs> every now and then. There's gonna my have goodness. to be a book about Sarah one day. I think she's too much part of my daily life anymore. <laughs> have you had paranormal experiences, Charlene? That have that have added to these. Uh, well, these you know? yeah, but I don't really talk about them. Mm -hmm. but it's kind of part of the narrative at least a little bit in, in, your, in your head yeah. yeah i like that i, I like i kind it's of hard like to write about it when you're not really when yeah i think it makes it easier to write about that stuff when it's kind of at least in there where you've had experiences don't you yeah. always hope that there's something more yes. oh yeah you know yes. I, I think that writing urban fantasy and paranormal romance or whatever version of that you write uh, is because you hope there's more. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think so. I think that's, that's all of us is, is using our imaginations to wonder and to, to just sort of in our own head speculate about what it is that we hope is out there or what we're afraid of being yeah. out there. I mean, it depends yeah. on the type of, of writing that you do. It's, you know, sometimes it's, I hope this is what things are going to be like. And then, you know, other times it's that, that fear, but you can play off of it and use that creativity and just those thoughts in so many different ways and put it into your writing. And I think because it becomes very personal, it's your own personal thoughts and experiences that it translates to the readers and they can really feel that in, in the work. And I know you've got such a readership behind you that you must be doing something right. So even if you're not talking about those ghost stories, your readers are finding all of that authenticity. Connecting up with it, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, every now and then, some 
interviewer will say, and why do you think your books are so popular? Which is an unanswerable question. <laughs> I, I, I have no answer for that. I, I usually say, if I had known, I would have done it much earlier. <laughs> That's I would have had such a long career of, of poor sales before I finally started selling. But, uh, and then again, you're, the, the writer's ego wants to say, because I am a damn good writer. <laughs> and then something inside you says, don't tempt God with hubris. Uh, and you just mm -hmm. think, well, you know, I stuck with it and I worked hard and I write what I would like to read. So it's a great message for aspiring writers to not give up because it doesn't happen overnight, does it? It takes a lot it of time. Not. Work. Hard yeah, work. It does. It is hard work. And anybody that else, you know, lots of people will say, oh, you just got lucky. You just got lucky. And like, no, well, it's usually a lot of hard no. work. There I think you make a whole lot of hard work. work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do make sure. your own luck in many, many ways. And, and I think it's being open to the opportunities that are put in front of you. That is correct and persevering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You'll and never write a book. That's right. And you have to start by actually writing. <laughs> put yeah. the words on the paper. Put them yeah, on the paper. That's the hardest, hardest challenge, I think, as a writer is to actually it sit is. down and write. And thank God a lot of people don't. Uh, because <laughs> think how many writers there would be out there. Looks like I there's know. a lot of us anyway sometimes, doesn't it? There'd be more. It sure does. It sure does. <laughs> It does. But, you know, I have learned from, from people like you and getting the chance to talk to people like you, Charlene, that even in that sea of authors, there are so many who are so kind and so supportive and so willing to share their stories and their challenges and what works for them and what doesn't work for them. That even with so many in that pool already, it is just such a supportive place to be. It really I agree. is. I agree. And I am so grateful to you for sharing your story, your laughs, your humility and your honesty are just so refreshing. Ooh, refreshing. Same word. Boy, I don't know where to look when you say that, but thank you. I appreciate that. It is refreshing to, to meet somebody really so is. down to earth and real and authentic. Oh, Especially that's what kids does for you. It really <laughs> keeps you down to earth and real. <laughs> Don't they have the best way of putting you back in your place just when oh, you think they you do. are somebody? <laughs> they do. They, when, I, when they were little, they couldn't believe that people would pay me to talk. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I'll pay you to shut up. <laughs> exactly. And my, my oldest son told his teacher that I was a house cleaner. Because he never saw me write, but he did see me clean house. <laughs> I would have to be a lot better one to be a professional <laughs> at it. That's so That's funny. funny. I never saw you write, so you must just clean the house. <laughs> and this other thing that she does occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> She's not cleaning. Exactly. This other thing that has made her a household name. And we are so grateful for the time that you have shared with us today. And I know we have kept you a little over the time that I told you that we would do, but you were just so much fun to talk to. Oh, well, thank you. And yeah, it has been wonderful. Truly a joy and a pleasure to have you on the show. And Laura, I'm so glad you got to meet Charlene. Yeah, so nice to meet you, Charlene. Well, it was lovely to meet you, Laura, and to talk to you again, Nola. 
Thank you so much. Now, Charlene, tell the folks where they can find your books and just you on social media, anywhere that they can connect with you. Okay. Um, they can find my books, I hope, anywhere. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's just www.charleneharris.com uh, for my website. And it's getting an overhaul. It should be much more user-friendly. Uh, after the overhaul, but you can always see what I've read and enjoyed on my website. There's a feature called book and blog. And if you just go to that, you can see books I've read and enjoyed for several, the past several years. Oh, if, nice. if you want help with your reading list, because mm -hmm. no one reads just one book a year. I love right. to talk about writers I've enjoyed. And oh, I think nice. that is fantastic that mm -hmm. you do that. We talked about that a little bit last time you and I talked and what a gift that is to your readers when they're waiting on another Charlene Harris book. They know that if they enjoy your writing, then they will probably enjoy what you're reading as well. Yeah. A great That's way to steer them to something that is just a good book and a good fit for them, I hope too. And to promote other authors' work as well. So again, being that treasure to the rest of the author's community by supporting them in that way. So thank you so much, Charlene. Oh, it has truly welcome. been our pleasure. And we hope to talk to you again real soon. And for all of you out there watching us again this month, thank you so much for joining us on BYOB. This has been a copywritten podcast of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm Nola Nash. She's Larka. And this is the Charlene Harris. Thanks so much. <laughs>